0: Welcome back to the Urban Lore Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Castanos. Today's show, there's no um, listener stories at this moment. I, I kind of have a couple of those in the works. A thought crossed my mind about the idea of shapeshifters and skinwalkers. And and please, I, I do understand there's a great difference between the many different variety of the things that I just mentioned. But there are similarities too. And I think there's potentially kind of a psychological similarity as well. Now, it's always been the uh, purpose of this podcast to not be here and try and dispel anything. We always say that the whole purpose is to tell good stories. And I think what I'm going to talk about tonight um, is not mutually exclusive. I don't believe, or certainly I'm not intending, to prefer this idea as uh, an excuse or an explanation. I think potentially it goes hand-in-hand with the idea of how we as humans um, interact with these stories. So let me clarify the kinds of stories I'm talking about. And I did mention two um, different things. Skinwalkers, as they appear in in so many cultures. And uh, shapeshifters, lycanthropes, whatever you want to call them, werewolves, werewolves. Vampires with that ability to change to a, a wolf or a bat in the very typical Hollywood Bela Lugosi form. Um, anything that can change from one thing to another. They appear in virtually every culture in the world. In the Philippines, Aswang. A collective term for the dozens and dozens of varieties of these kinds of shape-shifting stories that uh, are mentioned through the multitude of cultures of the Philippine Islands they appear in every walk of life and you know again we're not here to say that they don't appear I, I can't possibly scientifically disprove uh, any of this I mean I think we can Find biologists that would argue it's not possible, but you know, culturally, there seems to be some connection with this idea. And is that connection less about a beast, less about a monster, less about um, something that we just fear in the night but don't see in the day, and more about? A general psychological distrust of things you can't see or things maybe more correctly things that appear to be one thing and are something entirely different I don't think anybody would think of Ted Bundy as a shapeshifter but arguably the psychology of the terror that that man created is similar in the fact that his story is the epitome of the what the trope that you hear on newscasts, I just never thought he would do something like that. He seemed like such a nice guy, and in the in the respect of Ted Bundy, many many people thought a very attractive and charming individual. So again, when when the moon went full, Ted Bundy didn't grow long hair and fingernails and you know and and, and claws and sharp teeth and he could change in broad daylight the change was from this facade of a decent human being to the reality of the true monster that he was so again, I'm not saying that that's the model for every kind of shapeshifter or uh, skin-walking kind of beast that we talk about in the paranormal world. But I often wonder if the root of the fear that we have of these kinds of things through all of these cultures comes from that fear of, do we really know someone? Can we trust the face that we see Versus the one that we fear. You know, whether it's a, a, a cheeseball used car salesman. I mean, there's there's always been times where someone appears nicer than they are. The heaven forbid, the person you meet on the dating app or at the bar and it turns out, hopefully not to be a monster, but at least is not as advertised. To a degree, I think we all put on facades from time to time. Are we the same exact person at work that we are at home? And you might argue that your morals are the same and that you stand by the same principles. But there's probably a a vernacular language that you may or may not use at work that you use at home. You may be a little more relaxed with your humor, dark or however, than you would be at home. So we all have some experience in being something or someone that we're not. It just appears that throughout time and through every culture, there are individuals or entities that take that to a absolute extreme. You know, if, if you believe the stories, and many do, physically taking the form of someone else. Or something else I was fortunate enough uh, in the early 80s when I was still working in the broadcasting field to be involved with an interview with a gentleman who was clinically diagnosed with multiple personality disorder you can look him up it was a gentleman the name of Leonard Little and had led a life of reasonably petty crime although it did eventually venture into things a little more severe. But I was a young intern at the time and working with a reporter that was interviewing this gentleman, and we interviewed him over several days. And I can tell you that as this person's various personalities came to the forefront, I'm not here to tell you that I watched him physically change hair color or eye color or anything of the sort, but I would be lying if the individual didn't take on an entirely different countenance, an entirely different feel. And I could see where between the various individuals that, personalities that inhabited this young man, that if you saw him one day as one personality and again the next day as another, You might go so far as to uh, describe him a little differently. And again, like I said, nothing physically changed that maybe we could perceive, but he was very much a different individual with each um, iteration of these personalities. And again, this is a well documented clinical case. This is not, um, it became very popular a few years to say that you suffered from this particular very very rare diagnosis, but this individual in fact did. So when we think of the idea of the shapeshifter, the vampire, normal by day, out for blood at night, is the root of it in our own fear that human beings are not what we think they are. As I said, we've all experienced it, so it's not a paranoia Maybe it's taken to extreme if you trust no one. But most certainly, I think we've all encountered, and sadly on a very regular basis, people that aren't as they seem. Can they turn into bats and fly away at night? I've never seen that. But, like I said on this show, we don't sit here and say it doesn't happen. The last thing I'll mention about this, and going by the standard Hollywood hype for these kinds of characters. You know, imagine werewolf movie A and the character is sometimes a rather tortured individual. It's not something he chooses to do. It's a it's a curse or a hex or he's bitten by something that causes him to have the same effect that that person, the carrier of this illness, disease, whatever you want to call it, has. And usually toward the end of the movie you have the, the atypical pitchforks and and, and torches and they follow and chase the individual and then they're shot or killed. Whatever the magic elixir is, silver bullet, stake through the heart, insert stereotype here. And we're almost always treated, if not to in modern days, the CGI representation, but at least the cutaway of at one moment they appear as the monster and in the next moment, They're back to the normal human being they were before the full moon or whatever. Does that symbolize in our culture that we think the only way we can escape this kind of duality of our lives is death? Can you choose to be better? I guess it depends how you arrive at whatever malady that causes, if there is one, you to be Two distinctly different animals. So, the next time you watch the werewolf movie, or the vampire movie, or the schlocky vampire love story movie, think about the psychology of what we're looking at when we think of a person that is one thing one moment and something entirely different the next. For the Urban Lore Podcast, I'm Tom Castaños.